What is it really like to be a female in this mountain bike world? Listen in to get the perspective from Zoe, a working mum who loves her bike, has a young daughter who races MTB and is part of a female charity empowering more women to get outdoors. Zoe gives a broad view of her experiences and shares her knowledge and passion around closing the gender gap in our beloved sport. But just before we do that, don't forget to head on over to the Girls on Wheels website and subscribe to the newsletter, where you can keep in the loop about upcoming guests and episodes and be in with a chance to get involved. And please give the pod a follow on Instagram and Facebook at Girls on Wheels Podcast and check out the pod's number one supporter, Shawnee at Shred Lucky Girl. Now, let's get into today's episode. Hello, so welcome to another episode of Girls on Wheels podcast. Today I'm joined by Zoe, who is Zoe Woodman MTB on yes, Instagram. Yes, that's correct. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Um, so we've got in touch over Instagram, haven't we? Um, because you commented on one of the podcasts that I'd done with Tess about the the girls getting into racing and you shared that you were passionate about that topic like girls in the sport and you also run a, a club called Girls Alive UK um yeah so you've got lots of things going on haven't you yeah Zoe? so yeah I I sort of I've come across a podcast I know I know Libby and we've raced with Jess and you know there's a lot of overlap isn't there when there's not necessarily huge numbers of yeah. women in mountain biking so you tend to kind of find each other and so yeah I commented because we you know both myself have raced and and my daughter May who's 14 now um, have experienced racing so it was just it sparked a lot of thought in my mind and things that we've posted about before on Instagram so our Instagram account is sort of a family account it's one that we use for all of us and it's parent controlled um so we post lots on there about about May's riding about my my other two children's riding and mine and and my husband's riding um and yeah you're right I help well so Girls Alive is a a charity that's based in Surrey where we live and I got involved through another uh, school mum and she knew I rode bikes and so she recruited me as a volunteer so I help take people on mountain bike rides in the Surrey Hills. So the mountain bike group in Girls Alive is is 100 strong. Uh, we use a, wow. a great app called Spond to organise rides. And it's a really safe way. It's not just posting it online. It's, you know, people don't have access to your information. It's very sort of secure. And Girls Alive run things okay. like they do road biking, they do swimming, they do open water swimming, they do hike club, they do run club. So it's like really, really broad. And it's a membership very low cost membership um thing that you, you you pay for and I sort of yeah got involved in part of that and so I I help sort of as a bride volunteer so we do various rides normally two to three a week um we have one on Monday and Tuesday evening and then we have one this Saturday so we sort of do one a month around our commitments because everyone's yeah. hugely varied right you know we have so many different people that come to our rides we have people that come from further away we have people that are really local we have people on hardtails you know real basic bikes no droppers then we have people on full sus with you know dropper seat posts and um so we have a really wide variety of skill levels and, and bikes and fitness levels so we try and sort of bring that together and organize groups so the, the rides are all graded like mountain bike trails yeah. so they're green um green blue red and black depending on and so you can sort of pick 
where you go and we sort of gently encourage people onto the, the better groups when they get better. Um, you know, I tend yeah. to find with, with women in mountain biking, they're very down on themselves in terms of their skill level. A lot of people are like, oh, no, I'm not good enough to go into, into the blue group yet. Mm. And you're like, you totally are. Just go, <laughs> you know, come on. Um, yeah. And originally when it started, we didn't even have those levels. Everyone would just ride together. And it, it's really encouraging environment to be around as you'll know with riding with women like groups of women it's just so encouraging and you see people that maybe are just slightly better than you and you're like oh well I want to I can do things that they can do or I want to progress to that level and so you can build on your skills just by being around those people and seeing them ride and and riding them so I've got a good friend and she's always like have you done that and I'm like yeah yeah I've done that one she went oh I'll I'll do that one then and then I'll be like have you you've done that and she's like yeah yeah I've done that and I was like right I'm just gonna follow you in and it's having that Knowing that I can trust them and yeah. we can trust each other's abilities and like, because we ride together and I know what they can do. And yeah, it just is really encouraging and it's such a great vibe. Um, and, and it's amazing. We just did the stats for last year, um, Jenny, the the other ride leader, and she did like, a little video montage of the um, of the year. But we <laughs> had 28 new riders last year, 61 total riders came on rides and we had 150 six total rides last year and we did trips like um we went to bike that's park wicked Wales. um we did two trips to bike park Wales. we actually went to their women's day um we went to the twisted oaks women's day we popped down to rowgate um other than doing we just we, we live in surrey hills so a lot of the rides are pays lake dorking leith all, all the areas and we're really lucky to live you know smack bang in the middle of an amazing place to ride <laughs> yeah and that's yeah i am um... Oh, sorry. I say, and that's kind there you of go. where it came from because we moved here because of the riding. <laughs> we, um, yeah. So we we lived in Wimbledon before we had children, and we're working. And I met Paul at university, and um, both working in London and various things. And I had a bike. I had a, a specialised hard rock, and we used to ride um, through Wimbledon Common to Kingston and Richmond Common and like Richmond Park and along the Thames towpath and stuff. And he would go off to Afan and he would go to Bike Park Wales and I, I wouldn't I wouldn't go. And at that point we were both working full time. So you have I didn't have as much time. And I'd already yeah. I hadn't I'd ridden bikes to school. That was how we got to school. So I, I was always capable and had good bike control. But I'd never really done anything, you know, bigger than a curb <laughs> going off. Um <laughs> and then we had our I had we had May and we wanted to move out somewhere nicer. And Paul had ridden his bike round here. So we 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 sort of came and had a look and I was like, I love it, it's so nice here. And um yeah, so here we are, <laughs> you know, thirteen yeah. thirteen years later. Um and it's only really been, I suppose, in the last s- seven years, not seven, maybe less than that now. My youngest, I'm trying to do it by my kids' ages, because <laughs> we have three. So we yeah. have May, who's 14 now, Charlie, who's nearly 10, and Jude, who's just turned seven. So um, we did the 10, what did we do? We did the Downs Link, uh, which is all the way from sort of Guildford all the way down to Shoreham, and we did it in stages with the kids, and Jude was little on the back of my hard rock on a bike seat and um I remember we swapped mm. bikes Paul had a, a Lapierre full sus and we swapped bikes and I was like oh my god your bike is amazing I want a good bike. yeah like my bike's hard to ride and um yeah I, I appreciate it then I was like I thought you were an amazing rider actually the bike is re- like half the, the, the thing <laughs> right like and you see that so often yeah. like people don't buy their partners good bikes because they don't want to lay out you know a lot of money which I totally understand but if you buy your partner a rubbish bike they're probably 
not come enjoy riding as much as if you got them by yeah. you would be prepared to ride um and so after that I was like and dude was probably what I don't know about 18 months two years old I was like no I want a really good I want a good bike and so it took a little while the following summer uh, I got my first my first full sus bike um yeah and and it's then gone from strength to strength from there with getting involved with girls alive riding and then in the last few years doing a bit of racing and uh yeah and then may's got old as may's got older she's got into racing as well and um you know there's not huge numbers of girls doing that and so that's given us an interesting perspective on it as two parents that do ride you know we go to a lot of races and it's often a dad and a and a son or a dad and a girl it's not very often it's a mum and a girl um there are a few but 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 very very rarely um what you tend to find as well with girls in mountain biking if they're if they're racing it's because they've got older brothers or you know siblings that that do race and so you find it's people that have already kind of been going to those racing Lena you think of like Rachel Atherton right she's got Dan and G yeah think of Tani and all those people that race typically they've got those people around them so it's not as daunting um perhaps and, yeah. and for them, that's just what they see they don't see themselves necessarily as I'm a girl uh and I'm mountain biking they just see it in that way and I think you know I don't know that both Rachel and Antony don't really hold themselves as, as speaking for women in mountain biking for example they just see themselves as a person that mountain bikes um because mm. to them it's not necessarily anything about the gender and they don't necessarily come across some of the similar you know some of the barriers because of the support that they already get through having siblings that race so I think it's really interesting yeah that's a good point yeah that's a really good point I mean you've touched on so many things there um I reckon we'll come back to some of that um just going back to Girls Alive then how do people find you so uh there's a website girlsalive.org is it UK um and then you just basically fill out a form and your details are going to get passed on. And then once you um, you join as a trial member free for, um, I think it's for a month, and you can do any activities. So it's not like you just pay for mountain biking. So you can then do other things. And yeah. invariably, a lot of people do more than one thing. Um, I know some of the other mountain bike leaders do do swimming and do um, hiking and running. And I, I, I just do mountain biking because that's my, my passion. Yeah. Um, and then you basically yeah, then you get cool. access to the app. And then from the app, all the you get put in the group, which is the one that you want to be in. So you might have lots of little dots after your name, which shows all the clubs that you're in. Uh, and then from okay. there, we, as a leader, I go on and I put the the ride in, and then you get a notification yeah. to say, "Do you want to accept it or decline it?" And then so when like this weekend, I can see who signed up for our ride. It has the location of the meet. It has the time. We generally would say how long the rides are for, and roughly, you know. The miles and the elevation for example and then I always say like look what trails do you want to do if there's any specific trails you want to do let me know and we'll we'll add them in um so this Saturday's ride for yeah. example we start at Dorking we ride over to Homebury and so we have a secondary start point if people don't want to start as early and they want a shorter ride so then we meet them over at Homebury and then we do some trails either over there Pease Lake and then we ride back via Leith Hill uh, back to Dorking so gives a good option um yeah. yeah because we're local we, we, we're pretty pretty good at knowing the trails and stuff now I certainly wasn't when I started out and a lot of that's come through my partner who who's ridden you know for many years around here and us all pooling our knowledge I guess as groups of different different riders yeah it sounds um really good so for anyone that's like 
local or I guess if they want to travel they can come down can't they but you're based in Surrey then in the Surrey Hills yeah we are and we get people coming from from south of Horsham and Billingshurst and then we have like a couple of the girls come down from um from Wimbledon and someone comes down from like uh from from north London um if they fit in with when their schedules are depending on what jobs they do or what their commitments are yeah so people um you know generally sign up as a member um which is I don't know the cost because I pay a slightly reduced rate being a volunteer, uh, but it's under a tenner a month and it just means that you you get the option and it helps pay for the charity. It, it sort of employs one person to do the admin and it, you know, having things like the website and all of those stuff. So it's not it's not designed yeah. to make profit. It's designed to um, to give back to the community. So we, they do fundraising to raise things. So there's a they're setting up um, walks for um, displaced people. Uh, so then lots of people will maybe donate trainers or socks or things to people that might, you know, might not have them. So it's very much oh, yeah. to get other people involved in, in sports. That's well, awesome. Which is obviously really tricky with, with mountain biking. Yeah. You have to start with having a bike and it isn't necessarily particularly accessible in terms of, you know, it might cost a lot of money. But I would certainly recommend people look secondhand. Um, May's bike that we recently bought last year was secondhand from another woman. Um, Charlie's bike was secondhand. Like you don't have to always buy brand new and there's ways to, no. to do it slightly, slightly cheaper. And, and inevitably, you know, when I started out riding, I didn't have all the kit. I didn't have five, 10 shoes or, you know, all the kit. I just used to wear leggings and, uh, you know, a zip up top. And, and as you go through, you get a few bits here and there for Christmas and, you know, and it's really hard for people because they come and they see you all in this kit and the bikes. And it's like, yeah, but I didn't start like this. Mm. We're all on a journey. We're all at different points on that journey. And some yeah, people's journey definitely. is much, much quicker and some people's journey is much, much slower. And like we all just try and say, like, just ride your ride. Don't compare yourself to anyone else. Stop worrying that you're at the back or you're slow or you're not good enough at drops or you're not this, you're not that. Stop making it about you. <laughs> stop, stop focusing yeah. on that and just enjoy the ride and just have fun. And that's really what the, the yeah. riders are like. And we, we're very flexible on, you know, the group that comes along. Once we've ridden with people a few times, you get an understanding of skill level and they're like, right, well, actually, let, these trails are going to be suitable. Or if we're feeling like maybe we want to try something a bit more progressive or maybe try some other trails and some people might just walk down a bit. And that's totally, like, fine. Uh, but sometimes yeah. you have to see the harder stuff to know kind of what it looks like. And then it's not as scary. Yeah, definitely. I think having a, like you say, a group of girls around you that are encouraging and then because they, they're one of you and you see them do it, you're like, oh, I can do that. Because sometimes, yeah, when a guy does something, you're like, yeah, but you can do that because you're braver than me or you're stronger than me or, you know, all the excuses come out, but it's quite nice seeing you know, one of your girl mates do something because you're like, yeah, Absolutely. And I reckon I could give that a bash. Levels so high when they do something, you're like, oh my God, I'm so made up for people. Um, and sometimes you just yeah. get that little bit of encouragement. And, and like you said, like I would never believe Paul if he'd be like, you can totally do that drop. I'd be like, he'd be like, you follow me. And I'm like, yeah, but you're way better yeah. than me. I can't just follow you in because I'm not trusting that my skill levels is anywhere near yours um yeah actually, I've got much better so we're not as, as far apart in terms of our skill level anymore we rode before Christmas and um he just said there's this this trail over in uh, Winterfold and the, he was like just like don't look at it you're just gonna we're gonna stop we're just gonna ride and you're just gonna <laughs> look at me where I'm standing and I just did and he was like oh my god I think that's the first time you've ever listened to me <laughs> 
And then I looked, turned around and went, oh, yeah, wow. If I'd have looked at that, I probably wouldn't have done it. <laughs> and then my friend went yeah. and this guy was like, oh, yeah, Zoe did that. And she was like, Zoe did it. Okay, I can, yeah, I'll do it. And then her partner said to her, he's like, well, you did that? Yeah, yeah, Zoe did it. So I did it. And he's like, oh, mm. oh, I don't know about doing that. And it's really funny how like that becomes this that way of kind of gauging things a little bit, I guess. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, Girls Alive sounds great. I wanted to ask, if you were just coming down for the weekend and you didn't live down there, could you join in with one of your rides or have you got to be on the app? No, because you wouldn't get access to the rides that are happening. And also it all comes down to an insurance point of view. So we can't right. have um, anyone under 18 come with us either. Um, again, so it's all dependent on that. So we're, it's a British Cycling okay. Um insured group is, is part of that you know we listed on british cycling etc um but it's it's yeah there's certain things that, that that aren't possible but if people knew they were coming down ahead and they got in touch and they got a trial membership and then they could but um otherwise there's some right, okay. facebook groups there's Surrey heels mtb you can just paste in there and say look i'm coming down that weekend does anyone show me around and there's some amazing um companies down here that will take you out and i would say if people don't know the area that's a brilliant way to do it because it saves you so much time of trying to find the trails it's not a trail yeah park. going it's up in the hills center. it's not signposts you know you get people turn up in peace they can like right where's the trails you know where's the map it's like no you just have to ride and try and follow your nose a little bit <laughs> um and it's really funny because we've been on rides and had guys go oh do, do you know do you know where you're going and we're like yeah we're local <laughs> we probably know it better than you and they're like oh okay and then there's the occasional one where they're like oh this is so cool massive group of women what's it called i'm going to tell my partner about you and we, we ended up having, yeah you know a guy take all the details and then his partner came along and rides with us and like that is so cool when guys do that uh, but we have that is awesome we've had guys at the bottom of the climb go oh no let them go first because the view will be better um oh yeah i know that's and, annoying and just like various <laughs> comments like yeah different like oh do you know do you know where you're going? It's like, do I do I look like I'm lost? Like I'm we're waiting as a group for people and then we're gonna move on. Like I just think, yeah, it's really interesting <laughs> when you're out on the track. I mean the the you know, go first so I can look at your ass thing, yeah, that you're just like, oh fuck off. But I sometimes feel sorry for guys because I get I, like if they're saying, Are you all right? Like, yeah, do, do you know do you know where you're yeah, going? Actually. And I would if they it obviously depends on their tone and all that sort of stuff. And if you thought they were being a knob, then you might just be a bit like, mm, whatever. But yeah, I I think I'd rather that they asked and I'd see it as, Oh yeah, thanks for checking versus I don't know, I get I feel like they're damned if they do and damned if they don't, because it all depends on what you know the context of it and also what mood you're in to how you receive it because you know some days you can be like oh thanks for checking that was really sweet of them and then other days you can be like i know where i'm going do you know <laughs> what i mean no, like absolutely and it's it, you're right it does depend on the tone and the, the, the two occasions it's happened it's not been a i'm checking on you tone it's been a very much like mansplaining you tone that yeah. they assume that we're women and we don't know where we're going <laughs> Um, rather than actually reading the scene, like, look at us, what are we wearing, what bikes are we riding? You know, you can get a vibe yeah. of people, can't you? And just think before you speak a little bit. For sure. Um, and we have overwhelmingly experienced much more positiveness than than the, the odd comment, you know. Um, 
you do get people be like <laughs> the blatant oh, wow. i'm gonna perv yeah, on you do get a lot of like oh wow it's really cool big group of you know women and we just get stared at a lot because people just aren't aren't used to it necessarily seeing yeah they're not ride bikes in the same way that men do and but that can be quite intimidating yeah. for some women like for me i i don't really bother me but some women are like oh my god these guys are looking at us and uh, you know it's like we, we don't have four heads <laughs> it's like you know but it's it, like you say it depends on your own mindset of how you're viewing it so it's very much yeah. to like we try and empower women to say look we no one owns these trails we are entitled to be here you're entitled to go in front you don't have to move over you don't have to let guys go first if you don't want to but of course if you don't want to let have someone riding behind you let them go but we've you know been cut up on trails and various things um ever happened on, on the trails where somebody went round a jump and this guy just hit the jump and took you know nearly took her out um just things <sighs> like you know rider coming not not rider coming but rider coming passing on your leg yeah or, um you know uh but i've also had it where i've come up behind guys on on a trail um and this guy sort of was like oh oh do you want me to move over and I was like yes please and he clearly wasn't expecting a woman to answer and he moved <laughs> over and then I got to caught up with his friend and his friend moved over and I, I went past and I heard them at the bottom when I pulled out I was waiting for all the other girls and I heard them go oh my god did you see her she was absolutely flying down there and I was like I can still hear you <laughs> um, but that was really cool. secretly really proud yeah, it was like, yeah. yeah uh, you know that uh, but even I think those interactions can help shift that attitude of you know men are always quicker than women on bikes and you know because that's not true and this happened in Maureen, yeah. you know May was waiting to go into a trailhead and she'd let some people go in front because she could tell that they needed a bit of space and she was giving them space and then other people were just going in front and she's like no no <laughs> I was like she's waiting because there's some people in front and she wants to give them space and then they would go, yeah. they would just look and they would go. And then she would catch, you know, she would catch people. She, and, and if someone's a bit of a dick, she will ride their tail. Um, and, you know, just to... To, to prove a point. I mean, we've been riding yeah. around here. She's been riding since seven. So not even hugely, particularly young. And I remember we were riding Summer Lightning and we just flew it. She flew over these, uh, sort of, it's a weepy bit, we call it. Um, she just like did this massive hip and these these they have flowing hair at the back and these they were like whoa that's a girl and we were like yeah girls ride bikes too <laughs> <You know? laughs> but it's like it is it's still a point of notice right it's still a oh my yeah God, that's a girl it's still a a bit of a thing um i don't think it bothers her anymore i think she's such a competent rider now that it doesn't she's not intimidated but i think when you're starting out yeah it can be hugely intimidating so I think it's it's how you start and now, you know, how you start and get into mountain biking is very different to how you might be once you've built your confidence and your skill level. You know, years ago, she yeah. would go to, you know, various bike coaching. We've got some amazing people locally. We've got the Trail Academy. Um, we've got um, Surrey Hills Bikes. You've got B1KE. Um, we've got various bike schools and they're, and they're all brilliant and invariably very few girls go and you know they might try and do a girls session but not as many go but now may so good mm. it doesn't bother her if she's in a group of all boys because that's very common <laughs> what she does do yeah another few girls that are local and some other girls that sadly aren't local that she does ride with and clicks with and a bit like me with my girls alive crew um 
but, but that takes a bit more of an effort for us to organise. So she rides with um, a couple of girls, that you know, one's based near Northampton, one's based near in, in Wales. So it means we have to organise trips for them to ride. Um, they all rode together, actually, just uh, just before Christmas at Revs, um, which was really, really mm. cool. We met them, actually, at the Women's uh, Project Revolve at um, Revs last May, um, which oh, yeah. that as well. Oh, yeah, I went to that. Were you at that one? Yeah. Yeah, I went to that, yeah. So I got a photo Somehow with Shelby didn't die. In, the, in the uplift truck sitting next to Katie Curd and, um, and Emily, um, the coach that lives in Moorzoon. She's amazing. She does the, uh, okay. she does the um, videos. Uh, yeah, we were on this. So, but at that point, I didn't know Shawnee. And now I know her from having met her and then other things. And it's funny how you've got these pictures at events with you with other people. And you're like, oh, but I didn't really know you at that at that point. Yeah. Um, and now I do, yeah, because it is such a small world, like you say. Um, just going back to what you said before, um, like a really interesting point that like Rachel and Tani, they grew up in that world, so they didn't see it as it was anything out of the ordinary because they grew up with bikes and um, that was life. So, yeah, they don't see it as a gender thing. But for like the everyday person then, um, and also young girls, because I guess you've got that experience with May. Like, what do you think are the main things that are like that create this, you know, gender gap? Would it, was that what we call it? Yeah, absolutely. Or, you know, I mean, the disparity. Yeah, it's a huge disparity. I mean, I've looked at it. May's now been racing a couple of seasons, and when you look at the stats, they're really quite stark, particularly at racing level. So, like, she's she's often you know she's doing the under twelves and the sometimes would be only two girls racing in her category or three. Um, or what happens is they get bumped up a category or two categories if there's not enough girls. So one of the races last year, she was in the under 18s at 13. Um, yeah, that's not which really, is really fair, really is it? Because, because it's not necessarily motivating yeah. a girl to go to these races. Having to race against 18-year-old girls and then, you know, maybe you don't place. At this particular occasion, may actually still came first. But... Um, you know, that's not going to happen cool. for everybody. It's just not massively motivating. And and especially when you go to races and there's like 40 boys in each category and there's more categories because there's more boys. So you, you go and races sell out because of that. And then there's less space for the girls to book on. And so you're lucky yeah. to get around from, from the races I looked at because it's really easy on um, Roots and Rain. You can look at every race and you can immediately split it by gender. So you can see the numbers. Um, unless okay. they're women-specific events like the Hope Enduros that have been, you know, um, women's, then you tend to find that it fluctuates between five. And I think the most I ever saw was 13% of people at a race being women. Um, That's so low, isn't it? It is really low. And one of those races, they were all in a particular, they were all in the 18 to 29 category. There was hardly any under 18s. And so the main issue we've got is at already at the ground, grassroots of racing at aged 10 to 12, you've got a massive issue of there's 40 boys in that category and there might be three girls, you know. And so yeah. it's really hard. And I think there's many issues that it, it is encompasses. It's not just, you know, it's not just uh, about the bikes. It's not just about the industry. It's not just about racing. It's about the culture. It's about um, how we encourage girls into race, into racing or into into mountain biking. It's being aware that, you know, most of the marketing is featuring men and Yeah. Me and Tess spoke yeah, about that. And everything's designed predominantly for men. So for example, all the race material, all the promo stuff will feature predominantly men. And that's because it's mostly men that enter them. But 
what you need to be doing as a race organiser is showing 50% of your marketing, including women. Although that number is less, you know, there's only 10% women, actually you need to be showing it more because it's not mm. visible. Um, and so it's being really mindful when people are doing social media for things like that for events that you're actively positively discriminating and putting up you know images of women or of any person that's in a minority group because you know women are a minority group when it comes to mountain biking as well as people of color people of different genders um you know non-binary etc like people need to see what they want to be right and you know you get a yeah. bike magazine and you'll flick through it and we are starting to see changes so you do see adverts that aren't specifically women items but will feature women so yeah it's about that it's not about going yes we're gonna this is a women's bike here's a, obviously you're gonna put a picture of a woman riding that bike it's about normalizing just day-to-day stuff but with women doing mm. it. um and i think that's that goes back to you know it starts at primary school it starts before then it starts with you know how we gender discriminate from that age it's like girls play with you know don't play with toys or cars they play with dolls or it comes down to that yeah kind of thing and, and and genderedness really um so i don't know it's it's a really tricky one and i don't know there is not one solution there is not one easy fix for any of this it involves race organizers being really open to conversation i think british cycling could do a lot more um Anita is is amazing. Uh, who uh, is go anywhere? Go go ride anywhere, Scotland. She's um, on the inclusion cha- uh, sort of group for for British cycling, and we've, I've raised some things with her before about about how we try and encourage different things. And I think there's certainly more that could come from British yeah. cycling around some of the um, kind of things they could Im- ensure that race organisers were doing. So, for example, having a person as part of your team that is there to look at inclusion you know of of, mm. of any minority which including women so for example look at your toilet situation right go to races yeah. there'll be a bank of toilets and you know do i want to go in that toilet if a guy's been in there and a hundred guys have been in there so maybe look at having women specific toilets even if it's just one um i'd heard someone saying at chick sounds now they have some toilets and they only give women the code for the women's toilet so yeah you know, that's amazing um, but invariably you go to these events and they don't think about where the toilets are placed. So, you know, as a woman, uh, especially if you're on your period, you know, you might need to be using the toilet slightly more frequently. You don't want to go all the way back up to the top where the toilets are. You might want some toilets on the fire road halfway down or yeah, you know, just think about that accessibility point of view. Um, yeah, I just think there's so many little things that would help change things. And Scott at the Southern Enduro is amazing for that. We, we've had lots of conversations with him about it, um, how do we encourage young girls in. So making people aware of things like the chaperone policy. So if um, riders are under 16, they can have a chaperone ride with them that goes down behind them. Um, okay. So that they're not by themselves, especially on – you don't need that so much in a downhill race because you're only racing one track and it's like – two minutes <laughs> if you're doing a duo yeah. you've got maybe four or five six seven stages you don't necessarily want a 13 year old girl going around by herself so no. you know and i can't be at the top and at the bottom if i'm not yeah bike. so you know making people aware of things like the chaperone policy um i can't actually chaperone may anymore because she's too quick <laughs> um but <laughs> but also um once you go to these sorts That's of funny. events and you start to you know you go around if it's a 
an enduro, you go around with your category. So the girls will go around together. May then, if she knows that a certain girl is going to be at a certain race, she won't necessarily worry about having a chaperone because she knows that, that she's got, you know, Lucy or Emily or, you know, whoever with her. Um, yeah. It's a really nice vibe. There's some amazing girls out there. We had, she had some a great experience at, um, at the Rogate and Windhill races, the likes of Carenza and, and, and Amy. Um, you know, they're all really good about sort of taking younger girls under their wing and just being like, yeah, come on. And, and also, if you're worried about one of those girls being quicker than you, like you just chat about it in the queue and go, right, actually, do you know what? You go in front of me. I'm going to go at the back. I mean, <laughs> yeah, at one of the races, they put all the girls down first, which is really common. Um, and they did it in age category order. And I was in the over 35s. I think they had that category. Um and so I was the last person down and I had like this 12 year old boys behind me and I started to turn around to this lad <laughs> and be like, right, you need to give me lots of time here because I'm going to be slower than you. <laughs> you don't want to make my race run or your race run. He was like, how long do you want to give me? I'm like, how long is the track? He was like one minute 40. I went, leave me one minute 40. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> you know. And it, Did he catch up with you? <laughs> no, thankfully, thankfully not. That's all right then. Um, yeah. <laughs> thinking about what order are people going down the, the, the trails yeah you know, and it, it can be intimidating but it's understanding that we have as much right as anyone else to be there you've paid your you know your money for the race you want a good experience they want a good experience we all want the same thing fundamentally at the end of the day yeah. which is just to have a great time but i think it's really hard we've we've, we've spoken to different race organizers and said look can you sort of put aside tickets for women that don't go out with a general release or can you release women's tickets earlier? Um, but that you hold or you hold back a group of tickets for, for women and girls because invariably many caretaking roles are done by women and therefore I can't just book a race on a weekend. I have to check who's going to do childcare that weekend, you know, what, what's going on family-wise. And then yeah. I might, by the time I come back to book it, it's sold out. Yeah, you, know. you don't really have much of a chance, do you? No, and so I think... I don't know that other people have that consideration, i.e. men. I don't think all men think about that to that degree. And so you'll get these races that sell out, but they sell out of with with men. And often with women, it's like, right, I want to check my friends are doing it. Are you going to do that race? And are you going to do that race? Then, you know, yeah. get that going. But before you know it, it might have sold out. And I think it's a real shame. I do think they should ring fence. Um, I think they should be made to ring fence a certain amount. I believe that British Cycling should be giving um, targets to race organisers to meet, to hit. So look at what your yeah. women, you know, the rate of women at your races last year were. Like, let's improve that by 5%, right? You need to be hitting 15% of your race entrants need to be women. And how you do that is up to you. And actually ring fencing spots would work. Now, if you... Yeah, I, sell, I guess if they... If they don't sorry. sell, you just release them to the wait list. Yeah, before that's the what she's going to say. Like, it's not... Mm. It's not about creating work for race organisers, but actually, you know, sometimes maybe it is. Maybe you do need to create the work because if you keep doing the same thing, you're just going to get the same results, right? And I just think it involves thinking differently about it. And, and that's why I think they ought to have as part of race organisers teams, you know, an inclusion manager or somebody that that, that kind of has a grasp on different um, different thinking that would contribute and suggest things that maybe people don't think about. Hey, it's me. Just a cheeky little interruption here to remind you to go over to the website and sign up to the newsletter. Give me a follow on socials at Girls on Wheels podcast. And if you're enjoying this, head over to podchaser.com and leave me a raving review as it helps me so much. And I really appreciate it. 
now back to the episode yeah it's probably a case of like everything's always been done like this so you know people can't be asked to to change it um or it just feels like a little bit more of hard work but then when it's done it can just all run smoothly can't it you just yeah yeah, save some tickets if they don't sell give them put them back out there because if you don't create the opportunity then yeah but I was I think I said this to Tess like what comes first yeah it's a bit Um, chicken and egg you know mm. but to say that the demand is not there is total bs to say that yeah um, I agree aren't keen is total rubbish it's it's lazy in my opinion you know you looked at look at that project evolve that sold out in 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 hours and I spoke to um James the one of the owners of Rebs when we were there um because we rode the day before as well and he was like talking about it he said you know what we went backwards and forwards for weeks because they don't they didn't open anyone on a Monday and you could privately take out uh Rebs for the whole day on a Monday um and that's effectively what what they did is right so what he was asking potentially was we need someone to stump up the cash before we release the tickets because how do we know this isn't going to flop and we're out of money because we've paid for all these uplift drivers so it is a it's really interesting because they just didn't know how mm. it was going to land and they went backwards and forwards with veronique and becky and them and and it sold out and then they had to put extra tickets on and again and it's like yeah if you create the right environment and the right situation look what can happen and the women yeah. that were there were on amazing bikes and like so when brands go oh there's not the demand for the kit oh there's not the like there is if you do it properly yeah don't go into this doing it half-heartedly <laughs> which unfortunately i think is what happens a lot of the time it's like oh we'll do this token little effort brilliant mm. oh, oh it didn't work yeah. look we tried and it didn't work <laughs> yeah it didn't work because maybe it wasn't done in the right way yeah also it takes it's going to take a bit of time isn't it it's not going to be fixed overnight it's going to no, be exactly years of like changes and changing chipping away at it all and just changing all the bits that can make a massive difference but definitely like the yeah you can't be what you can't see so for like a young person that wants to get into riding or racing yeah they can't get into the races there's not enough everything seems to all be about the boys um mm. it is really it's 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 such a complex complex but then the solutions are quite easy but you've got to like you say get get everyone on board and get them willing to yeah, but it takes effort, it. right? It does take, an, you know, an amount of thought and and, and to do things slightly differently. Um, yeah. You know, having things like, so um, some of the things that they've done at Southern Duro, certainly for the, the champs, is they did like a, a session for um, just women to walk the track and have a look at it and do those sorts of things. You know, those sorts of things are really important, especially because if you go to something like a downhill race and the practice is open in the morning, because there's so many boys, the margins are so, so narrow and so tight that those boys are coming down at practice like so quick because they've got to find every little millisecond in the track. Now, as a girl, when you're only competing against three people, like the times aren't going to be as close. Yeah. And if you're trying to practice and you've got all these people hooning it down behind you, you know, that's really intimidating as well. So... And, and invariably, you know, sometimes at races they get cut short because of accidents, you know, crashes. And um, I know at some of the races last year, some of the girls were then being put down really quick together and some of the girls got caught. And it's like, how do we manage this so that that doesn't happen? You know, where do you prioritise it? And, and I think it comes down to the fact that 
you can't be aware of what you don't know. And so you have to ask questions or you have to be open to hearing a different viewpoint and not just being yeah. defensive about it and go, well, we have done this before. We've, we've, we've done this for women. We've done this and it didn't work. It's like, okay, well, what you need to do is go, that's really interesting. Let me think about that. Let me take that on board. Do you know what? I'd love you to get involved. I'd love you to help us do this. I'd, you know, what can we do? without necessarily yeah. needing to be mandated by British Cycling that you need to be doing. It's like actually step up and, and if think about, do you, you know, what it's fit your daughter, your sister, your partner, um, you know, and it is just sharing our views. And I think as women, we shouldn't be scared to say our views and our opinions because that's how it will change because men's experience of the world is over, you know, talking very generally is very different to a woman, you know, talking about going out riding your bike by yourself. You know, my husband thinks nothing of it. You know, I might have to think slightly differently if I'm going out by myself on a bike. You know, yeah. and therefore I've got less opportunity to ride. Therefore, I'm not going to get as good because I'm not riding as much. And you know, all of those barriers. You know, there's loads of lads may may know, and they'll they'll just get dropped off in Pease Lake and ride. Well, Paul doesn't want to just drop her off in Pease Lake at 14 as a girl with a fairly expensive bike. You know, yeah. it's like managing those risks. And I, as much mm. as I want her to have the freedoms and do the things, we also have to wear it. We also, I don't know what someone might do, you know? And I think it's really, really hard to know sometimes what the right thing is to do. Um, but for me, it's just showing her riding to the level that she's riding at and shouting about it and showing people that that's what she does. Because if I don't shout about it and they people don't know it, then their views won't change on it. Um, yeah, yeah. It's like, it's going to require like a collective effort, isn't it, of everyone? Yeah, I think it needs showcasing to Showcasing what's going on. It needs to come from bottom up and top down. So you need race, you need, you know, top downhill level. You need teams to be committed to having the same number of riders of, of each gender, for example. You know, you often mm. don't, you'll find that they'll have one woman and four men. Um, you know, but it's stacked against women at the downhill. Um, 60 men will get in. And it'll be the top 15 women that will get through to the finals. Um, I know there's lots of changes with the downhill moving over to Discovery this year. So it'll be interesting whether that helps women or not, because there's potentially going to be more TV coverage. Um, but there's still predominantly more male coverage than women. Um, and so you might still, as a woman, finish in the top, you know, top 20 in the world, but you don't get in through to the final. But yeah, if you're top 60 in the men, you do. Um, yeah there's a there's a big big disparity in that isn't there there is but if you're not going to sort out the problem we've got with girls racing at 10 or 11 and 12 it's not going to change no at elite level you know what are the what are they doing about bringing girls through through the youth through the junior ranks you know are teams having a targeted kind of campaign of right we're going to set up a you know an mtv sort of team or development squad and we're gonna go around and pick them from 13 and we're gonna you know get them to that level there just isn't that thought process yet into that and you know mountain biking is still a relatively new sport when we look to the likes of what's happening with women's football for example you know, yeah football's still a very old sport and actually hasn't necessarily changed very much whereas cycling has changed massively in the last 20 years so it is still so new but what's so exciting about that is it's a massive opportunity to get it changed now um you know i just yeah. thought today that the women's uh the men's football team in wales are taking a 25 percent pay cut so that the women can be paid 25 percent more why haven't they took a 50 percent 
but, but then, no that's amazing but, that is amazing i just take, suddenly thought it then. takes men to do something to change things for women it's not just for me to shout about this yeah because you know? it doesn't necessarily fall on on the right ears as a woman doing it make you know it actually is way more powerful coming from a man that's why men mm. should be using their privilege to say actually do you know what maybe we need to do this differently you know yeah. there was a thing a couple of years ago where um there was talk about the the, the rate the the winning fees that you get of the women winning winnings for uh one of the parts of one of the road races and it was crowdfunded and the women ended up winning more than the men and I remember having the conversation with Paul at the time and said, but the prize pot for the whole thing should be divided like, you know, not equally or fairly because they're really hard words to define. But he was like, yeah, but that means that the men will have to get less for the women to get more. And I was a bit like, yeah, and that's a problem because it's like, well, when men don't <laughs> want to take less. I'm like, hello, welcome to our world. actually how do we have those conversations with the men around us to say you know actually we need your voices we need you to be shouting about these things we need we do need men to be changing the field in that way slightly because realistically there there isn't just endless pots of money to keep paying to say well if women are paid less how do we how do we do that you know yeah it's quite interesting i saw that today (laughs) if there's um, any guys listening to this Sebi, what would you say like the you know top one or two things that they could do on like an everyday level to encourage you know women in the sport like not not at elite level racing or anything like that just like your average joe what could they do if they're listening they're thinking okay i I believe i I feel like i need to do something i want to do something like what could they do so diversify your your social media follow women follow girls follow you know there's some amazing accounts. You've got Women's Free Ride. Uh, you know, there's some amazing stuff out there happening on on social media. And I think it's really easy, isn't it, when we're on social media? We've got, we've got our little bubbles and I see it. And um, you've got to diversify that because that is your normal most of the time is what you're in. What are you, yeah. what are you taking on board all the time? And actually, if you don't see women online because you're not, you're not following those people, that's not going to change your perception, if that makes sense. Um do you think sorry to interrupt you there zoe i just thought i was just putting myself in a man's shoes do you think they could be listening thinking hang on a minute though if i start following a load of girls on instagram and then i want to comment on their photos or videos saying that's awesome well done that they're just going to get it in the neck and they're going to be told oh they're patronizing they're mansplaining they're this they're that because in my friendship group it's hit and miss who takes offense to one thing one day like it, it all depends and I, I mean I yeah I, think, I just I think, think oh, there's God. a way to do it so it isn't patronizing you know yeah you can support women and without it being seen as sleazy or you know patronizing mm. or any of those things I think it's how you do it I think to just be like wow that's amazing that's so cool to see you know women riding or oh but I love you know, that drop. that's where I ride that's so cool you know so just people have commented like that exactly oh that's so amazing to see you do that and then I know people that have took offense to it and I'm like what is the problem with that they're just saying well done all you can do is you don't know how someone's going to take what you're going to say right yeah you you don't you're not responsible for how they take what you say Uh, you can only be responsible for 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 you right so the best thing to do is to say it to put it out there Um, yeah you know and if someone doesn't like it I think I think it's really obvious on social media when people are doing it disingenuinely and when it is sleazy and when it's horrible and invariably 
it isn't what you've said. It's, you know, the likes of Cara Beale have spoken about it, about how she gets awful comments and trolls, yeah. you know, saying how shit she is riding a bike from guys. I don't and know why like, you'd spend your time doing that. It's so... And she's amazing. Crazy. I love her yeah. Like, I really can empathise those feelings that she has. And I love how she shares that journey when she's breaking down a line. And, like, it's so helpful as a woman in mountain biking to break stuff down in a way that, like, I can understand. And I get that feeling of, oh, my God, I can't do this gap jump. How am I going to get my head around yeah. it? She shares that mental battle. Um, and I think that, you know, a lot of it comes down to, you know, insecure men and them you know, wanting to feel better about themselves. And, like, genuinely, does it really matter if a woman's better at biking than you? No. Like, actually, get out of... Like, it doesn't matter. And I think it's... Yeah. So I think it's how it's said. And for me, it's like, you know, wow, that was amazing. Like, if those guys had actually said that to me and hadn't said it way at the bottom of the trail where they didn't think I heard them, <laughs> I don't think they'd have said that to my face, you know? But that's no. really cool if someone goes, oh, my God, that was so rad. That's so cool. Oh, wow, amazing, amazing. Like, actually, just, um, yeah. But if you can't so say it's better. Nice, don't say anything at all, you know? <laughs> yeah, but even when, like, my point was, even when they're saying something nice, they get in trouble for it. Um, and I'm saying that just from experience, not me personally. I just give everyone, you know, I don't really pay too much attention and get too caught up in it sometimes sometimes things can get me but yeah so if so a guy should diversify what they're seeing that would be the first tip you'd give just so they're following more girls getting used to it and then encouraging but walking that tricky bloody line that I don't even know how to walk on being encouraging and not getting told that you're being patronizing or whatever good luck guys trying to do that because it's a minefield for you but i get obviously when it's obvious hate like you're shit or whatever that's easy to define but sometimes i think people have are trying to be nice and then they get in trouble and then but then because trouble for being nice and trying to help somebody than for being yeah but then you do get the the one one arsehole that is a knob and then they ruin it for everyone don't they yeah and it but it does really put people off you know you get someone riding behind you on your tail and, you know, it doesn't feel very nice. It'd just be nice. Oh, about that's it. Like, we're, we're not, we're not always, it's just down, you know, Barry's or Pease Lake. It's like, it's not, <laughs> this isn't the World Enduro series, guys. It's just like, <laughs> you know, give us a bit of space. So we'll be at the bidding in of trail and I'll be like, oh, do you want to go ahead? And they'll be like, no. And I'm like, okay, well, we're a really big group and there's a really varied ability. And invariably, I might hang back at the back so I can let them go. Um, or I might go at the front and I absolutely blast it down the bottom. You know, it depends. Um, but I just think, you know, we have every right to be on a trail. And if you're in front, then you're in front. That's your yeah. your prerogative to, to pick a suitable space if you want to let them pass. But it isn't their God-given right to get past you. Um, no, and I was just thinking, like, if I ever catch someone up on a trail, I just think, oh, I'll just hang back. I never, ever think i've got to get past them unless like they're going dangerously slow and i'm like would you be would it be all right if i just got past but i i don't automatically assume i've got to get past them because i do think oh well i'm just on a ride like i'm not racing like it's just a it's just a chilled thing um yeah okay so what about is there anything else so that's like the first thing people could do i think it's also about showing um showing your sons women riding showing 
the videos you know there's a one of the marshals at one of the races and he 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 talks to his daughter about may and how good may is and like shows her the videos because he wants to encourage her into mountain biking you know and he's he's trying to do that through showing a, a role model um and i think it is about showing men that you can ride girls can ride that women can ride because invariably if we only ever ride in women's groups they don't see it so it, it, there has to be a point where there is a bit more mixed mixed riding and boys need to see that too so i think yeah i think to 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 be seeing those videos and and seeing those pictures and just to be aware i guess but yeah you're right it's not an easy thing to try and do and and certainly with young kids just to encourage them to be on bikes and stuff like if you ride get your kids good bikes get them good kit take them out get a tow rope um you know when we started riding out with our kids it was always to to Pease Lake Village Stores or to the Plough in in uh, in Leith and you know there had to be a pub stop or a drink stop or a yeah. lolly stop or a you know always have a, a bag of Haribo in your pocket just in case they get to that point where they're like I'm not riding anymore but you've got to <laughs> encourage them into it not force them into it um we've never in, put, put our kids into it they've just seen it as something that we do um yeah that's just something they've got into um you know and we get asked quite a bit is oh how do I get my kids into it and it's like I don't really know <laughs> um they just see us riding and it's something we've always done as a family activity you know I had a mac ride seat for Jude and we use that this summer in Morzine he's now too big so I'm gutted we, we um he can't fit on my bike anymore because he's going to be a little bit it's going to be a while so he's, he's at the level that we all ride at now um <laughs> so we're very much going to have to sort of split our riding but you know Charlie knows the trail names and he'll pick where he wants to ride and you know yeah we just sort of try and get them to do what they like and um try and keep up they like yeah yeah that's really cool that you all go out as a family so did you were you into mountain biking before you had children did you say not not really i just sort of it was after bike, right yeah it was much much after you know having lived here and then i got my new bike when i'd ridden paul's bike and then i've got just yeah started to do it more in the last probably four year four or five years i mean we did a lot during the lockdown because there was yeah. so little to do and we would just um go out and ride we'd ride all the way to homebury and back and um over Leith, which is about 20 miles um you know didn't make a day of it and yeah. Sorry, it was very quiet during lockdown. We didn't have people coming down as we often do here for riding. So it was it was great. And we just, yeah, because there wasn't anything else to do. And yeah, we went to Morzine this summer on a holiday. We do trips, you know, with the kids at various places for bike riding. So, yeah. That's so cool. Do you think that, um, do you end up sacrificing some of your like riding ambition and ride time for the kids? Do you put them first? Sort. Yes and no. Um, I've started doing a bit more marshalling at races because it's not really ideal to have me race and May race, depending on the race. Um, so, for example, when we did the the B1KE ones, um, I didn't get to see her race at all because I was in the category going down behind her. So I didn't get to see her race. Whereas if I marshal, I get to see her race. And also if you marshal, it offsets the cost of the race entry. Um, yeah. You get paid to marshal. So, you know, we can't always afford for all of us to race because it just gets so expensive. So there is mm. a bit of going, right, actually, who's going to do it this time? Charlie very much can only do certain ones because he's only nine. And he'll very much only race where he likes to ride. So he won't necessarily just pick somewhere he didn't know. He'd always, he always he tends to do like Rogate or Twisted Oaks because he likes, he likes that. It's familiar to him. Yeah. Um, 
And so, yeah, we have to sort of pick and choose because, you know, for race entry is like 45 quid each, plus you've got fuel, especially now, fuel costs is a huge thing. Yeah, um, yeah. And we try and car share. So, like, when Paul went to Revs, he drove up and met the others there, and then they all went in one vehicle over to Revs um, rather than take two cars and, um, you know, that sort of thing. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I'm lucky in that I do fairly flexible working, so I'm self-employed um, as well as doing a few other things that I can pick and choose. So I, I am quite free in the week, so I do ride during the week, which is oh, amazing because yeah. it's so quiet and we just have the whole of the Surrey Hills pretty much to ourselves. Um. <laughs> yeah, that is cool. Lock, lockdown vibes. That was one good thing about lockdown, wasn't it? Like everywhere it was, was just super quiet. Oh, God, we rode so much. I mean, yeah. obviously very, very local, but we rode a lot and it was good weather. So we could ride everywhere because around here we've got different um, kind of different surfaces. So you go to like Homebrew, it's very sandy and Pease Lake and then Leith is very loamy. And then you go over to Ranmore and it's it's chalky, but also got loads of clay. So it can get really cloggy. And so the certain times of year you kind of tend to ride certain places or certain trails. Yeah. Um, and being local, like we can change up a ride last minute. If it's rained last night, we'll be like, right, let's not go there. We'll go there or... You get yeah. to know the conditions quite a lot as to where's good to ride and um, and not. So yeah, we, no, we're super lucky. We've got so many hills here <laughs> to um, to yeah. pick. And I mean, it's not like obviously Wales. It's not like Peak District, um, but you've got to take the fact that there are a lot of well level riders that come from Surrey. Um, you've got you know Brendan Fairclough, and you've got Bernica, um, just we very do see them around right milling about yeah yeah just hanging out in the uh, the car parks as they do uh you know we, we were doing a girls alive ride coming down barry's and they were all filming on there and um yeah because you, you tend to do it in the week again in the week when it's quiet so yeah no it's 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 a brilliant place and the kids are so lucky having it you know literally on their doorstep we can ride from our house out and be in the hills in 15 minutes that's awesome so. shawnee um i saw shawnee um I can't remember when it was, but they, they took me to Pease Lake and mm. we rode around there and we went up to the, that top view and I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. Mm. Um, and just it's driving strange. out from where they lived towards Pease Lake, I was like, God, this is so beautiful. And I guess it's not a million miles away from the sea, is it? What is it, like an hour to the sea? Yeah, about yeah, 45 minutes. Yeah, so... The coast. And then we're only, we're less than an hour from London, so... And we're only, so Dorking is like 20 minutes from the M25. So you get quite a lot of people come down just to ride, um, Yeah, you know, for the day or whatever. Um, yeah, it's a lovely yeah. place. You're very lucky. Very lucky. And um, thank you for sharing all that, Zoe. Um, yeah, there's some really interesting points there. And I think, yeah, it's just got to start chipping away at it. And everyone, everyone needs to do their bit, don't they, to to maybe one day just having it like not even a topic mm, where it's like yeah oh yeah that's yeah um, I mean that's another reason why I ride and why I do want to race is because I want to show my kids like look women do do this it is it is possible yeah um you know and, and I, I do enjoy the racing but I don't need to do it like I don't need to prove anything so it's not like I've got this burning desire to race all the time but um you know me and a couple of the other girls alive ones did the mashup at twisted oaks last year which was great fun and again because i was doing it with may and and um she was like oh i was like come with us and she was like oh yeah okay i'll come but like had we not been doing it she wouldn't have done it um mm. and and so it's it's sort of getting things into it like that and they recently said about there's a race potentially in peas lake 
and someone was like oh but I don't want people coming up behind me and it was exactly like what Hess was saying like depending on the race format you know that's not necessarily going to happen and so I think yeah. we really can become fixated on our fears of well, what if this happens what if this happens what if, actually what if it doesn't yeah just actually, go and have a go if you just have a really nice time with a load of your mates like <laughs> yeah you know, I do think there's a lot of you know we hold ourselves back so much um and also I think there's a really interesting evolution biological theory behind that because in terms of the human race right so women are very much needed as part of procreation but we need less men okay because the human race could survive on very few men but you still need a lot of women because of the way that human birth takes and you know all of that stuff Mm. and so i think there is very something fundamentally different about the neuroscience and the neurology of our brains around risk and around taking risks um and i think there's a huge amount around looking at that in in terms of the neuroscience um something that i'm passionate about in terms of my background is, is is looking at that and i think there is something in that that women are naturally potentially more risk averse not everybody but overall yeah and i think it's a survival mechanism i think it goes back to evolution and us being slightly more needed (laughs) to keep the human race going and i think it definitely takes me a lot to switch off that thing in my brain that goes you you know it's not safe you can't do this to going you've got this your skills are there you can do it but i have to you have to actively switch that bit of your brain off um and i think there are naturally people that are more able to do that you know maybe potentially people that are neurodiverse or that you know their brains just do are wired slightly differently yeah um and so i think it yeah it's really interesting to delve into that you know to think about that aspect as well as to to why you know sometimes maybe women are slightly more risk averse and don't want to hit big things and and yet some people do and I know May's very um processed she's very thoughtful when she does something she doesn't just mindlessly go into stuff she will she's very calculated yeah um she very rarely you know touch wood crashes um but inevitably I think that compared to certainly some of the boys that she she knows and has rides with like she could absolutely do some of the stuff they're doing but she just hasn't yet Mm. it's not because the skill's not there it's just like she wants to be sure she can do it versus yeah. coming up short and crashing and 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 hurting herself so i think it's really interesting when you start to to look at those things and she's definitely very calculated they did a bit of the vision line at um at revs um and, and it is about wow. breaking it down and it is about making it familiar you know if you go to revs every week you're going to get really good at doing those things and um, yeah providing those opportunities for girls you've got amazing riders like Liv shreds you know she's just signed with um madison saracen yeah um, you know we, we've got amazing girl riders and they all need those opportunities they all need that support and that's why like that day at revs was just phenomenal wasn't it like i yeah. was buzzing that whole day and it was really intimidating because revs is quite like yeah, that was my right. first time at Revs. Yeah. yeah, I'd never been before, apart from the day before. So thank yeah. you, I got that. Oh my God, this is like insanely intense. Like, oh. I remember um, Zoe being like really quiet in the uplift and I don't know if I'd gone pale, but I felt sick and the adrenaline and the anxiety. And I was like, I was looking at how steep it was and I was like, what am I doing here? Like, because I'd always avoided it. Like, no, I'm not good enough for revs yet. And then when I saw that day, I was like, oh, I'm going to go along because that, that's the day I want to go if I do go. Um, oh, but I was absolutely bricking it. Absolutely. I was terrified. I at least 65, you know, 70 people were also feeling the same. <laughs> like, you know, and then you're like, oh my God, there's Katie Kerr. Oh my God, there's there's Vero. Oh my God, they're all so good. But do you know what was just phenomenal was to, to for May at her age to stand on that vision line and see those girls just smash it, doing oh, it. And, they're amazing, like, aren't they? 
yeah, just phenomenal. Like that's the role model and that's what girls, you know, need to see is those girls absolutely smashing it. Things like Red Bull Formation, um, you know, Jess Blewett doing Hardline. Yeah. Like, okay, let's do something like that. You've got an amazing opportunity there, um, you know, with the whole Atherton family and Rachel Atherton and all those things. Like actually what, what's going on? Let's sort things out. And there, I think there's certainly a bit more going on in the US with the free ride scene and, um, you know, you've got some amazing riders out there doing things at that sort of level um but yeah it'd be great to to have a bit more over here and I think I you know Vera Becky had said oh god we just need something like this we need an event like this and it was like right we have to do it we have to put it on you know and actually it is a bit of that of going with no one's stepping up and no one else is putting it on we have to find a way to put it on yeah um and I think you know it's it's they just need those opportunities and I think that's what it is it's girls just need the opportunities and it's how you get creative about how you can do that i think yeah um, definitely and they've got um their skate park jam haven't they project evolve next is it next week yeah yes, next, next, next week. friday yeah we can't go to that we're a bit gutted but he's got a gymnastics competition on so she, we can't go oh i know um, but yeah that... we try and get like you know when we look at all the dates so she's already down to do certain races this year and having a look at different ones like the pierce ones or um some of the gravity ones and just having a little bit of pick and choose about what we're going to do because she's sort of doing a gymnastics as well and so you know juggling it all yeah the whole family thing and you know just and and the expense of it you know we run you know we all run full sus bikes there's four of us with full sus bikes like there is not a month goes by that one of those bikes is not being dealt with by our our very lovely local mechanic (laughs) Um, yeah you know it gets expensive and it's it's really hard like may's really lucky in that and charlie and that we're parents and we ride therefore we are happy to use our money and spend it in that way yeah um, but there are some kids that don't have that opportunity you know they they might break their bike and they can't afford a new mech or they can't do this and like their parents don't want to drive them to north wales because <laughs> they don't ride like so yeah they don't get it they don't and it's really hard and it is purely about providing those opportunities and, and doing it in a way that's engaging so there's lots of different people doing different things around that like you know you've got all these different um sort of race uh teams or sort of aspects of where they're trying to get you into development squads and things like that but it's 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 opening that up in a slightly different way i think and just thinking about it differently um you know i'd love to see you know divvy bike park doing a a development squad um and and having loads of girls there and rachel really getting behind that yeah um, that'd be cool you know they've got their their own daughter as well now so i think how do you you just have to surround them by things so that is just the norm um you know so i think that's that's just how you do it from a really young age is just provide those opportunities not just making assumptions that that's not they don't want to do that or yeah um, yeah well, we'll have to come back on the podcast in like 20 years time and see if it's all changed and I'm sure it will. But thank you so much again, Zoe, like you've got, um, you're doing so much and yeah, thanks for sharing all that stuff. Uh, just mm-hmm. to end, I like to ask people some silly questions. You may have heard if you've listened to some of the podcasts. <laughs> I have. Okay. <laughs> so um, who is your mountain bike crush? <laughs> um. Yeah, Johan Borelli. He's uh, I love his his accent, and he's just just such a like such a guy. Love his videos. I don't actually know who that is. 
Uh, so Johan Verley is a, a, a he lives in, in Canada. He's French speaking, and he does. There's an amazing thing called Tour de Nar, um, and he gets groups of rides together. And he's quite a, yeah. They had some women on the Tour de Nar this year, which was great. Uh, I think one woman, one woman, um, and it's all stuff in yeah, in um, BC just really steep stuff i love watching his videos it's really really encouraging and just talk through it and it's just yeah so i mean i could never write to that level like it's one of those where you're just like oh i just yeah he's got a really nice accent oh i'll have to look him up um (laughs) where's your favorite place to ride oh that's a really hard one i don't know i do love bike park wales like it's just so much fun um yeah, probably bike park Wales, but I mean, I, I love I love around here. It's just we're so lucky. It's on our doorstep. But yeah, if I could, I don't know. I mean, Morzine was pretty epic this summer as well. I love Chatel. Um I don't know. We've got a, we've got a Girls Alive. Um, we've got a bit of a trip coming up this year, which I'm really looking forward to as well. So I don't know. Maybe it'll be there. Do yeah. good places. There, there are. It's really hard to pick, isn't there? Isn't it? Um, yeah. Have you got a mountain bike tattoo, or would you get one? I don't, but I have an, uh, three ambigrams of uh, my children's names on my wrist. Okay. Um, Paul does, though. He's got – so it's a really sweet one. He's got um, a bike. So when the kids were younger, we went to, like, a pottery place and made, drew a, made a bowl and drew a bike on it. And um, Paul took that off there and had it turned into a flat thing, and, and he has a tattoo on his wrist. And the tattoo artist was doing it. He was like, do you want me to straighten the lines up? And Paul's like, no, 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 I want it to be exactly like this because this is how my daughter drew it. And he's like, that is so cool. So he's got this little bike on his wrist. That's really cute, yeah. Um, oh. Okay, if you could wave a wand and magically get a skill, like mountain bike skill, there and then, what would it be? Mm. I would say drops. Um, I, do, I do do drops, but it's something I'm not as confident on as jumps. I'd also quite like to whip but I think I'm probably a bit old for that no never too old I'd love to I'd love to be able to do that I just think it'd be so cool to like come up to a jump and people think oh she's not going to clear that and then you just yeah take off and then do some really cool cool whip and then everyone's like oh my god you're amazing exactly we've ridden with like Beth Bishop's amazing she does fab whips and she rides with Joey Goff and we met them at um oh yeah i met beth she took us down one of this like random trail and it was so much fun and we were like we didn't die yeah she took us around a few times she's so encouraging yeah she's um, wicked we recently met up with her uh, we ride uh, up at twisted a lot my family's up in suffolk so we go past a lot and um she rode with may and took may down some lines and she's just really encouraging and she's an amazing uh, at whips and uh may would love to whip she's may started doing um no handers seat grabs on her jump when she does a big jump she'll do a no hand to grab oh, a seat just stop it so she wants to do a bit of that i'm like oh my god that's a little bit scary yeah have handlebars, but, um, it's amazing yeah that's not something i want to do that's no that's that's too that. too too much isn't it you're like in another life not this life <laughs> um okay so this is always a bit of a controversial one people are split do you wear pants under padded shorts or not no you don't wear no pants you don't do you shorts. zoe well, you don't these weirdos well, that do i don't i'm like I've been listening to this and people go, yeah. I'm like, what? Why? It's like double, double, yeah, double rubbing. (laughs) No. To be fair, like May doesn't ride with padded shorts. She, you know, not everyone needs to. I ride with some people that don't. 
Uh, I personally prefer it. Um, I've got a few different pairs that I, I tend to use. Um, but yeah, no, definitely not. Just padded shorts, then my trousers or shorts. Yeah. And Same. Wear a sports bra. But, yeah. Um, you don't want you don't want all the layers yeah. down there to broaden. Yeah. Oh yeah, nah. Okay. When um well probably like when May does something good or when some of your friends do something good, what's your go to heckle? Whoop whoop. Or I go, yo <laughs> Do you ever like put on a weird voice that you're like, who's that? <laughs> or is that just me? Because a weird voice will come out. I think so, but May May hates it because I'm like, go May May and like her friends now take the Mickey and go like oh, and shout down May at trails going, Go May May like oh mom you're embarrassing me <laughs> she has told me she's like don't say anything uh, when i'm racing because she she hates it so i have to really be like don't say anything actually it's all right if you're if you're doing downhill and you've got a whistle it's okay because it'll stop me showing but i like have to really like go don't shout just just film it really don't say anything yeah don't ruin this video oh, that's so funny <laughs> um what would be your number one tip for someone new getting into the sport just got to get out and ride the only way you're going to get better at this is by doing it and yeah. find find your people like find some people that you you can you know you can ride with and that get you and that yeah 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 it's easier to to keep yourself motivated when you've got other people isn't it um yeah and also like don't beat yourself up about it like if you can't get out and you're not getting better at it then that's okay like but if you want to get better at it you've got to commit and you've got to do stuff yeah and you've got to put yourself outside your comfort zone to get better because that's how we push you go you've got to push your comfort zone just gradually 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 all the time and that's what we're doing and it's only when you look back you know I look back at stuff I was riding two years ago and things I'd looked at and gone I'm never gonna be able to do that and now I can ride it and it's like it's so self-affirming yeah um don't put limits on yourself though like yeah I think we're really good at doing that and going oh I'm never gonna be able to do that and we've started doing that you know the power of yet so I shout at people on the bus. Oh, I'm, I can't do that. And I go, yet. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. Reframing it. On our bike rides, we're not allowed to say sorry. That's another big rule on my rides anyway. Um, so like if someone says sorry, I'm like, get wrist, slap it, you know, because and then they've got better at going, thank you for waiting instead of sorry to keep you waiting. I'm so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So just those subtleties shift how it feels, I think. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay. And finally, if a squid could make a noise, what noise would it be? <laughs> I've been waiting for this one. This is so random. <laughs> okay. Probably just a bit like <laughs> everyone's so similar. I am going to ask my friend, my um marine biologist friends, if they make noise. Oh no, I have asked her. What did she say? I bet they don't really make noise. She said they? that. Well, they're like really squelchy, so it's probably like. Hang on. Excuse me, while I'm, I'm going to actually look at the message from Charlotte because I asked her after the last one. I think she, t- I'm sure she told us that seahorses wee out of their eyeballs um, or something random. Skill. Squid. Let me see. <laughs> we can squid. Do squids make noises? Ah, so she said it's a very complicated answer. Not really. Mm. They don't have acoustic capabilities, as that's been proven, but they do talk to each other in colour. I mean... What? Pretty cool. But for the purposes yeah. of the podcast, they do make noises. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Okay. Thanks so much again, Zoe, for taking the time and coming on the podcast and sharing all your wicked stuff. You're welcome. Thank you. 
thank you so much for listening to this episode of Girls on Wheels. If you enjoyed it, please head over to podchaser.com and leave me a review. And don't forget to tell all your mates. If you've got any comments or want to get in touch, head over to my socials and drop me a message as I love hearing from you guys. I hope that by listening to this today, it's made you want to get out and ride your bike. <laughs>